Nedarim of Samechid, the last thing we were discussing was that Rabbi Eliezer allows the rabbi who was performing that Nedarim to start off, to open up with with some, with an olad, something that wasn't there at the time of the vow, and no one saw it coming much later. And where does he learn it? He learns it from the fact that Hashem allowed Moshe to go back to Egypt, even though he promised Yitro that he's not going back to Egypt. But Hashem told him that Datan Vaviram passed away. And Hachamim hold that they just became poor. And that's why it's not a real nolad. And with that, we're starting Samech Amudal, first word on the page, Tanya. We're going to learn another halacha that was learned from that vow of Moshe not to go back to Egypt. Tanya Hamudah Havero, and some add the word Bifanav over here in his face. If someone vowed from his friend that he's not going to have any benefit from his friend in his face, then in Matirin Lo Ela Bifanav, then he could only get that, uh, that vow annulled in front of his face, in front of his friend's face. And the Ran explains based on Yerushalmi. It's either because if the person sees uh, the other person transgressing his vow and he's not going to know he did Hatan Adarim, he's going to think he's going against his nether. Number two, uh, we want him to be embarrassed for, uh, for, uh, for, doing, uh, for vowing against his friend. So we want him to be there so he could uh, ask forgiveness or show some sort of contrition, and that's embarrassing. And the Ron explains the difference would be as if he vowed something not good on his friend and then uh, he, he wants to take it back, so he's not embarrassed of that. And it would only be a problem if he vowed something good. But either way, you're not, we are not allowed to uh, annul the vow unless the person is there. So uh, the Gemara asks, How do we know this? Hashem allowed him to go back to Egypt. Amar lo, Hashem told Moshe, "B'midyan nadata, you vow in midyan, lech vater nidracha b'midyan." I want you to go do hatan nedarim in midyan in front of Yitro. You promised him not to go. Vayoel Moshe, Moshe vayoel, and in Allah elashvua. The word Yoel Allah has to mean a swear. Dichtiv. This says by Nebuchadnezzar he made Tzitkiyahu the the king swear. Vayavel tobe alai brodim with the swear. Because afterwards it says in the Rayamim that Sidkiyahu rebelled against Nebuchadnezzar, he made him swear by Hashem. So you see the word Allah means a swear. Now, by the way, what was the rebellion of Sidkiyah against Nebuchadnezzar? Because Ashkahet Sidkiyah, then Nebuchadnezzar, the Havakachil, and Nevahaya. Sidkiyah saw Nebuchadnezzar eating a live rabbit, a nevet, which was disgusting. And it wasn't uh, the proper way of a king to behave. And so I want you to swear that you're not going to reveal this, you're not going to tell this to anybody. I don't want this to be publicized. Now, the, the fact that he couldn't say this over hurts it so much because he wanted to embarrass Nebuchadnezzar and this would ease up the exile he's in. So he went to the Sanhedrin and he did Hatran Darim Ve'amar and he went and he told everyone that Nebuchadnezzar ate a live rabbit. Shaman Nebuchadnezzar they come abzin le. Nebuchadnezzar heard that people were making fun of him. Shalach vayte Sanhedrin v'tkiyau. So he brought Sanhedrin and tkiyau. Amar lehon he told them Hazetun Maika Avid tkiyau. Do you see what King Tkiyau did? 
didn't he swear in the name of Hashem that he's not going to uh, that he's not going to uh, tell anyone about this? Amalist Kia said, you could uh, annul a, a swear. Do I have to be there so you can do it in my face or even not in my face? No, actually, you have to be there. So why did you do it? Why didn't you tell anything that said that you can't do you can't do a, an annulment unless Nebuchadnezzar was there? Right away, they sat on the floor, quiet. Rabbi explained that they took the pillows from under them and they sat on the floor. They lost their kavod. There's a fascinating run over here who explained the, re- the real reason Sanhedrin allowed the, this uh, swear is because uh, Tzidkiah the king was suffering and he couldn't uh, work for Hashem. He was uh, ruining his melechet shamayim. And that's why they allowed it or because he's a king and if a king tells you to do something, you have, there's a mitzvah to do it. And that's the reason they annulled Tzidkiah's uh, vow. Next Mishnah. There's things that are like nolad, but they're not really nolad, and therefore we could allow it. Then hachamim modin lo, and hachamim don't agree, and some don't add uh, this uh, piece over here. Ketzad, how? Amar konam shani noset peloni chaviara. A person said, "If I'm not marrying this woman, her her father is bad." Listen, you know, look, uh, he passed away, or uh, he did teshuva, now he's good. Okay, Rabbi Meir would allow it, because he, he sort of, like, he sort of made a condition. That the reason is of this vow is because of this. And that's for, and if, and let's say the, the condition has not, is not there, then you, you don't have to follow the vow anymore. If he said, I vow I'm not walking into this house. There's a bad dog over there. Or there's a snake over there. They told the dog died. Or the snake died, was killed. That's like no lad, but not no lad. And therefore you can allow it. Don't agree to it. And the Gemara starts. Konam Shani, we learned that Mishnah for person vows they're not going to marry this woman because her father's bad, and then the, the man died or did teshuvah. Met noladu. If the, the father's uh, dead, that, that's uh, that's nolad. That's something that wasn't there at the time of the vow. No, so Amar Avuna explains Nasa ketoleni davar. Avuna explains. It's like making a condition. The vow is on the condition, and the condition has once the condition is not there anymore, the father is dead. Then I can marry this woman. Rabbi Yochanan Amar, no. What does that mean, met? Kvar met kvar asat They told him, no, no, no. He's not alive anymore. You're, you could marry this girl. Or they told him, no. At the time when he made the vow, no, the guy's a tzaddik. No, he used to be bad. Now he's good. Meaning the whole vow was a mistake. So now, Mativ Rabbi Abba. Rabbi Abba has a problem with Rabbi Hanan's uh, explanation that it's a mistake. If we learn the Mishnah very soon, Konam she'eni nosel liploni ke'ora. I'm not marrying this woman. She's ugly. V'harehi but really she's pretty. She'hora, v'harehi le'evana. She's dark, but really she's light. Ketzara, short. V'harehi yarukam, no, but she's really tall. Mutar by Yelena marry her. Not because she was ugly now, all of a sudden she became pretty. She was dark now, she became white. 
Ketsara v'naaset aruka, or she was short and she became tall. Ela, what's the real reason? Shaneder ta'ot. Now, I understand Mishlam al-Ravuna, de'aman asa ketole nidro bedavar. I understand, according to Ravuna, who said that when he made the vow in this Mishnah, it's like a condition, then, okay, tana tole nidro bedavar, so he mentioned one Mishnah, the first Mishnah over here. It's on. A, it's sort of like a condition vow. And the, the one later on was a mistake. Okay, so it's two separate Mishnayot. who explained over here that we're talking about a mistake vow and the father already died at the time of the vow or he already did the Shuvah at the time of the vow. Then why don't you need two Mishnayot with uh, talking about uh, that, a mistaken vow? And the man's off, you're right. Kashya. That would be a real problem on Rabbi Yohanan. Next Mishnah. Rabbi Meir also said, look, uh, when, when a person comes out in the Darim, you could start with what it says in the Torah. And they told him, If you knew that when you made this vow, okay, this person hurt you, now you're vowing back at him, you're, you're, you're taking revenge or... You're remembering something bad. You're keeping in your heart something bad that someone did to you. Would you would you have made this vow? Or v'alot is not to hate your brother in your heart. Or v'avtadir alachak kamocha. You have to love your bro- You have to love your friend like you love yourself. Or you have to make this person live. You know he's a poor person, and you have to help him out. You can't help him out when you made this vow. And if Amar, if this person said, you know, if a person would said, if I knew that this was the case, I would never would have made the vow, then it's mutar. Now, the issue is, before end of Samach we explained that Hachamim uh, said, we don't open up We don't say, oh, Hashem would have been upset because no one would be so brazen to say that I didn't care about Hashem at the time, even though really Behemeti didn't care about Hashem at the time of the vow. The truth is, the Ran explains, that when it comes to small averot like this, a person wouldn't lie to say, I didn't know or didn't know. Meaning, if he did know uh, that uh, he's gone against uh, he would actually say, I, I knew it at the time, and they would try to find something else. Meaning, it's not as scary as telling him that you're doing avodazara, you're building a bama, and things like that. Next, we learned in the Mishnah that we open up with the Pasuk, you have to help this uh, person, and if he's a poor person, you can't give him tzedakah. How could you say that he would be happy to give tzedakah? The person can answer back, listen, I don't have to give him tzedakah, just because the guy became poor doesn't mean that he automatically falls on me. My I have to give him the same way everyone else has to give him. Meaning, I'll just give to the Gabay Tzedakah of the city, I'll put it in the Tzedakah box, and uh, whoever's in charge of it will give him what It doesn't fall on me, so I don't have to do it. The Gemara explains, So Rabbanan, who uh, the, the Mesot Hashas changes to Rabbah, he answered back to Rav Hunabar of Kitina, I hold anyone who becomes poor, for, does not go to the Gabbai uh, first. He tries to go to relatives and friends, and those people have to help him out first before getting from the Tzedakah fund. Next, Mishnah. If a person vowed that he is going to divorce his wife, right away we start and we tell him, listen, you know it's going to cost you $50,000 that it says in the Ketubah? And uh, if a person says, oh, had I known I would have to pay that much money, I would never have done it. 
then we would uh, do hatran darim. There was a story with a person who vowed he's not going to have hana'a from his wife, any benefit from his wife. So they they, they forced him to get divorced. And her ketubah was 400 dinar. I came in front of Rabbi Akiva. I told him you have to give him all 400 dinar. Amar lo Rabbi, Shmona me'od dinarin hiniyah aba. He told him, Rabbi, my father left over 800 dinar. Natalahi arba me'ot. My brother took 400. Vani arba me'ot. And I took 400. Lo dayash, he told him, Isn't it enough for her to take 200? Vani matan, I'll take 200. We'll split it 50 50. Even if you have to sell the hair on your head, you have to give her her ketubah. The man said, had I known that this was the case, I never would have made the vow. And Rabbi Akiva, Rabbi Akiva allowed the vow. So now the Gemara has a question. It sounds like the father left over cash. Cash is a movable object, and we all know that uh, movable object it is not leaned on the ketubah. Ketubah only lend. So Amar Abaye, no, it was karka shava shemonemiot dinar. No, so the man said to Rabbi Akiva that the father left off land that was eight hundred dinar. Uh, but he said, didn't he tell me you have to sell the, the, the hair on your head? And the hair on your head is a movable object. So again, the Gemara explains, this is what Rabbi Akiva was saying, even if you have to sell your hair in order to eat, you still got to pay her. Shmamina, what do we understand from here? We, we don't set up a balchov, a person who owes money to somebody, we don't leave him with his bare minimum, a bed, a mat, whatever he needs to work, food for 30 days, uh, clothing for 12 months. When, when someone uh, when someone donates his value in Arachim to the Beit HaMikdash, let's say, we have to leave him with certain things. So when we assess his value, is he rich, is he poor, whatever he is, when we assess his value, we, ha- we have to leave him with something before assessing him. So it sounds like when it comes to someone who owes someone money, you don't assess him, meaning you don't, uh, you don't uh, leave things by him, rather he has to pay the full thing. Now, by the way, this is a mahlokit in Bama Mitzah. It sounds like we hold that he has to pay the whole debt, and it's not going to make a difference if he's rich, is he poor, or whatever the case was at the time. Amar of Nahman No, you can't bring a proof from here. Really, you could say that when it comes to a regular debt, there, that you do set him up, and you figure out what the case is. The difference is when it comes to Ketubah, I don't care what the, what the situation is, you still have to pay the rest. We're coming to teach you that we don't rip that shtar Okay, you were poor now, but you became rich later. Okay, then pay the rest. When it comes to Arachin, you're poor now. We assessed you as a poor person. This is what you have to give. You get All of a sudden, you became rich. Well, okay, we assessed you as a poor person. That's what you have to give, and that's it. So whatever that lower amount is, that's what you have to give. It's not like that with Ketubah. With Ketubah, the Hidush here is that even if he, be, if he was poor and he was only to pay, able to pay a little bit, he pays that little bit, but later on when he gets that money, he has to pay the rest. And we'll stop right here. Baruch Hashem Le'olam. Amen v'amen.